Welcome to the She Runs It podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah Ratzliff and Nicole DeBoom. We are two successful female business owners who found strength, confidence, and community through fitness and want to share that gift with you. Join us as we talk about what really matters to active women. We can't wait to hang out with you, so let's get started. Hi, Nicole. Hey. <laughs> I was doing my my throat clearing <clears throat> oh. exercise before every episode. Yeah. But now I have on my podcast voice. <laughs> Very calming, isn't that's it? That's not for a podcast, actually. That's like a <laughs> that's- different... That's a different kind of call that you're on. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Well, this episode is about chasing happiness. So however you can find it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, in my 20s, I think that's probably what happiness looked like. You did a lot of sex calls? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but, you know. You know what's really Anyways, funny? Anyways, let's let's get right to it. What is funny? Well, what's funny is um I actually googled chasing happiness. Yes. Just to like, you know, do a little prep and why not throw the yeah. whole name of our podcast in there and you know what came up? A Jonas Brothers movie trailer called Chasing Happiness. And then the, I Really? And I was like the Jonas Brothers? What? I kind of think I know their music, but like, aren't they kids? Well, then I watched the trailer and it was like really good. And I was like, I'm a Jonas Brothers fan. I think knowing that the Jonas Brothers are out there is going to bring me happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Have you (laughs) seen one of the Jonas Brothers in, uh, what's that movie with the rock, uh, Jumanji? Oh yeah, Which, he's the one. One of them's very cute in there. Wait, one of is them Nick? is in it, or are they all in it? Yeah, he's he's in it. He's I think he's yeah. They're grown, <laughs> and we're I think we're old because we probably did not realize that there was a song by the Jones Brothers called "Chase Happiness." Oh, is that no. actually the name of one of their songs? I don't know. I thought that's what you said. Well, it's like a movie trailer they did on oh. the Jonas Brothers. Like they did a oh. whole movie about them, and the whole thing was. They had all this fame and fortune, but they weren't happy. And so one of them, Joe, maybe like the young one, maybe, I don't know. The guy who got married to that amazing actress from Slumdog Millionaire. Anyway, he was like, hey, brothers, I think we have to break up the band. And then the brother, he was like, I thought they were all going to hate me and never talk to me again. And maybe they did for a while. I don't know, because yeah. I watched the actual movie. But then they like got back together later and their relationships got stronger. So anyway, this is very oh, yeah. relevant because I mean, one of the big things is that we believe in our lives that when we achieve fame and fortune, when we conquer, you know, that beast, we are going to be happier. Right. But it doesn't always work that way. Doesn't does it doesn't always work that way. No. And I just now understanding that there's a Jonas Brothers documentary called Chasing Happiness. I just want to be clear to all of our listeners. This is not a podcast episode about <laughs> Jonas Brothers. This is well, actually an episode about. It has been to this point, but we are now going to <laughs> divert to other topics. Well, so I love this, Nicole, because this is the perfect lead-in because if the Jonas Brothers 
as they were chasing happiness and they're super cute. They have brothers that they all love each other. They're talented. They have fame and fortune, but they were not happy. It's, you know, if that's what the rest of us are chasing, I think that's partly why I wanted to do this episode because so much of what we all do as women are trying to find happiness, but we called it chasing happiness, not because of the Jonas brothers, but because we're always chasing it. Right. And can you actually catch it? So I think today we're talking a little bit about what does it mean to be happy? What does it feel like? How do you become happy? And then we'll talk about the Jonas Brothers. More, yeah, why not? <laughs> or maybe not. We'll plug their documentary again, which neither of us have watched. Well, no. let me ask you, um, are you happy right now? I maybe content. I think I'm, I'm content. Um, What's the yeah, but in general, yes. I'm happier now than maybe I have been in the past. Okay. And what's the difference between happiness and contentment? That's a super deep question that I'm not sure. <laughs> happiness <laughs> feels like, you know, it's funny because I was looking at, um, because I knew we were going to do this episode, I saw this magazine by Time that was it was called joy and it talked about um, I didn't buy it because it was like $15 and I thought I'm not going to spend $15 for a time magazine, but it probably had a lot of good insights, but it made me think what's the difference between happiness and joyful, right? So do we, do we associate um, being happy with those moments of joy? So as you asked me, what's the difference between content I feel content. I feel good right now. Like, but I'm not necessarily, you know, full of joy and jumping around, which is what maybe I would think happiness is. Well, and you know, I do, I, maybe we could back up a step too and be, think about the difference between feelings and like a baseline emotions, right? So like your baseline, are you generally like a happy person or a positive person or whatever? And then, but we have feelings and those feelings can be excitement. They can yes. be joy. You can have happiness as a feeling. And right. so those feelings come and go and they, and they yes. can also be enhanced by things like drugs and drinking right. <laughs> And sex and, you know, yeah. other, other things that can trigger sort of that dopamine. Yeah. Those were all the keys to happiness, right? That you just listed out. Drugs, sex, <laughs> so rock and drugs roll. drinking, <laughs> sex, maybe some rock and roll. Um, but yeah, so those, those feelings come and go and, you know, it's healthy to have them on a daily basis, all kinds of feelings. We all have a spectrum right. of feelings. We all like the ones that make us feel good better. Right? Yes. But, um, it's, it's that baseline that I'm really interested in exploring. 
Yes, that's well, as you're as you're talking about that, I think about um, like if you have just your body in general, right? like you live in your body and when you're ill or you have an injury, like right now, my I'm having some back pain and I can feel it. Right. So when it's not in pain, I don't even notice it. I don't notice my calf muscle right now. I don't notice my toes. I don't notice. I notice the parts that maybe are hurting. Um but to your point that we're, you know, that baseline is like when you kind of go through life or go through your day doing what you do, but not necessarily, you know, being super high or low. So when you ask, am I happy right now? I feel, I feel fine, right? Like a general, mm-hmm. not discomfort, but also not like. You're not elated. No. Exactly. And that's probably a really good baseline for most people, you know, and I think to understand or to, to try to get to this concept of chasing happiness or, you know, trying to achieve that feeling in our bodies and minds, it might be also important to talk about the other side. What does it feel like on the other side? What does it feel like when you are chronically unhappy? And have you been there before? So I'm asking you, yes, Sarah, (laughs) we're going to dissect your psyche. (laughs) Yes. So I, um, I probably am more prone to depression in general. Um, It's better now that I live in Florida and there's sunlight all the time. Um, but it's sort of something that runs in my family. Um, so I have battled with depression a majority of my life and have had to kind of come up with different um, strategies and techniques to ensure that I have a nice baseline. And if there are ups and downs that I can kind of balance those out. Um, but there's, I think, this notion that you need to be below the baseline to have, to be able to feel happiness as well. Right. So you have to have the contrast of the two. Do you think that's true? Actually, I do. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it, but I think it's true. What do you think it's true? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I do. I mean, I don't, I think it's, this is interesting. I have one example that I'm not sure how many other women can relate to, but I feel like there are things in life that we use to sort of numb ourselves or give ourselves um, to even out the baseline. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do it knowingly and sometimes it's sort of unknowingly. And I believe, this is really interesting to me, but I believe that when I was on the pill for like 10 years of my life or more before Mm -hmm. I switched birth control, it evened out my emotions. And I felt happy, but I, I didn't experience the things like anger or I didn't have that like... I didn't get those feelings well up. Those feelings did not well up inside me very often. And so on the flip side, I wonder if I did also did not experience as strong of happy, you know, high feelings as well. Yeah. 
And, you know, you never know. I mean, I was also using alcohol at that time. So maybe I was trying to experience some of those feelings that I wasn't experiencing. Do even not, I'm not blaming birth control, but I just noticed that it evened me out a little. It was probably similar to like a antidepressant, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which, and you know, it's, it's, it makes you think about some of the chemicals within our body and how much they, um, they can maybe dictate some of what we, what we, what we feel. And, you know, um, it's, I laugh when I, um, when I think about this, but when I was in college, I was on um, an antidepressant and this woman in the paper, um, of course I was like, I don't know, 22 year old college student, And, um, I had ended up, I was taking antidepressant because I was so deeply unhappy and like in this sort of weird black pit of despair that I could not get out of. Um, and she wrote this editorial about how, you know, everyone's drugged up and they're on antidepressants and no one can feel anything. And, um, what being on an antidepressant allowed me to do was to actually feel both the highs and the lows because I often would tend so much towards the lows. I couldn't, I couldn't feel, I couldn't experience um, a normal range of emotions because I had a chemical imbalance within my body. Um, so it just, and I wrote this editorial or it wasn't, I just wrote a letter to her like, Hey, just so you know, we're not all crazy drug people. <laughs> I just wanted her to understand my experience. It's so funny now when I think about how passionate I was about that, but you know, there was sort of the stigma of having a medication of some kind, but it was something that I, it helped me get better, you know, um, at the time. So did she write you back? No, no, you probably thought it was ridiculous. Um, But so, but knowing So one thing I want to know though is, and I feel like we all do this is, and again, why we call it chasing happiness is because it feels like happiness is something to be achieved. If we just weigh the right amount, if my nose looked different, if, you know, I had a little more time, if, 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 right, like then sort of this happiness would be achieved and we'd be like, Oh, all day long and just, you know, I mean, do you feel that way? I know I feel that way. Well, I I think I used to feel that way. And Mm -hmm. I think years and experience have shown me that it's not all necessarily about happiness. It's a deeper emotion or feeling that maybe we're going for. I have a interesting example from when Tim and I were racing and he was at the top of his game and it was 2001. It was the Hawaii Ironman. We were both in the race that year and he had been third and then second. And in 2001, right after 9-11, like we didn't even know if the race was going to happen, but he was definitely one of the contenders. And I was just kind of really strong top 10 kind of contender. Mm -hmm. So we're out there in the race. We do the race. Tim wins the race by 15 minutes, like the widest gap you've seen in history. And he was just 
on fire and everyone was chanting USA the whole way because the whole world was supporting ah. us after 9-11. And I'm racing out there, right? I end up coming in 12th place. I was literally in the race like, why am I even like trying to finish? My husband just won the freaking <laughs> thing. Somebody was like, your husband just won a hundred grand because that's how much the prize yeah. purse was. And oh, I was wow. like, I should drop out. But anyway, I continued. <laughs> so what happens is that when you win the race, you have to be ushered into drug testing. So Tim mm -hmm. couldn't be at the finish for me. He was up at the drug testing. Yeah. And when I crossed the line, they were calling me in like the wife of Tim DeBoom who just won. Good job, Nicole, whatever. And I finish and these people, they kind of surround you and wrap you in a towel and, and they uh -huh. said, your husband won. How do you feel? And I said, I'm so happy. I, I didn't even say I'm so happy. I just said, maybe he'll finally be happy now. That's what I oh, said. Oh, wow. And what's really interesting is that he wasn't. He was happy right. about the race. He won. The next year he yeah. won again. But he was almost less happy after winning two years in a row because now he had to win a third. Wow. And he was when I met him at age 24 years old. Like winning that race should have brought him everything he ever wanted. And mm -hmm. he wasn't fulfilled. He wasn't completed. He wasn't happy. And by proxy, I wasn't happy. Right. Because all I wanted was for him to be happy. Be happy. Right. That is like, that's the whole story in a nutshell <laughs> right there. I mean, it's so powerful though. I mean, in that, it's not like that was an accidental goal that he was achieving. You literally have to train. You're, you're eating, you know, strategically. You're training strategically. That's your job. It's what you do. And if, you know, you attain the ultimate success and you're still not happy, like what does, what does happiness? So maybe, like? maybe being content is a better thing to aim for. What mm -hmm. we talked about at the very beginning, you're content. Right? Happiness can be a feeling that comes and goes, but if you can... Yeah create a baseline of contentment. A lot of people say being content is dangerous. It means you've lost <laughs> your drive. Well, I would not say that. No, I don't need to do anything, but it's no. not like that. That's not what we're talking about here. Like, oh, I'm content. I could just sort of. Yeah. The rest it's of more life. like the absence of pain. Like yeah. I'm not in any kind of emotional pain or, um, you know, questioning myself or doubting, like, you know, that there's absence of that. But I think um, what almost it feels like happiness is, is the pursuit of joy. Like, I, and I didn't really understand it until I saw that magazine cover. And I was like, Oh, like, when I ride a roller coaster, I feel joy. When um, I accidentally am playing with my kids and just 100% in the moment, I feel joy. I used to feel joy on the rugby field. I used to, um, you know, when you're out with your friends, that used to happen before 20, 
before March of 2020. You know, just those like spontaneous moments of joy where you lose yourself. Um, those I think are precious, but you can't bottle that. You can't. Joy is like a thing to be experienced, I think, but it's like we all sort of are pursuing that. So as I was thinking about this, because I knew we'd, we'd have to share kind of how we felt about happy and like what makes us happy. I thought a lot about, I think I'm happiest in pursuit of a goal, right? So there's something to look forward to and I'm working towards it. I'm working, but when I actually achieve it, I'm happy that I've achieved it. This is kind of relates to Tim's story too. I've achieved it, but then I'm like, okay, well, what's next? Like, I love the thrill of, of possibility that makes me very happy. And you shared in a previous episode, um, I think it was about goal setting and setting a mantra, the um, four keys to longevity, right? Or happiness. So maybe you could share those again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there is um, some research done on these blue zones in the world, which are places where people live the longest. And there's happiness blue zones too, but they overlap a little bit because you aren't going to live super long lives if you're miserable and dark and toxic. So <laughs> so we're just going to kind of fold it into one. But I mean, my grandfather did. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. We always wondered how did how, he's so angry and unhappy? How did he live so long? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, I'm talking 105, 107, like really crazy. That's how old, old these people. Oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah. There's some really wow. cool, cool research going on. But um, you know what they say you need is four things. You need something to do. So for a lot of us, it's a job or parenting or something to do, right? That fills our day. Someone to love. That's really important. Yeah. Some way to give back or contribute, right? right? And something to look forward to. And when you're missing one, you know, it, it, it's important to try to rediscover it, right? Yeah. Because these things are going to flow ebb and flow in our lives and, and have different priorities. But um, yeah, so something to look forward to. So I get why the pursuit of the goal, the pursuit of the prize brings you joy. It, it probably fires you up. It brings you excitement. Right. It's definitely probably combines a few of those different things too, because you're contributing, you know, it gives you yeah. something to do. And in your line of work, there's a lot of people to love. Yes. Well, and um, if we, I mean, it almost seems like those are the keys to happiness in some way, right? Like if we were going to define happiness, it's, and if you were to relate it back to the Jonas Brothers, which the Jonas Brothers are not even in our notes. I don't <laughs> I It just happened. It just came up. Just happened. But, so, you know, they got famous and they achieved their goal. And then, but then there was this expectation for them to be great. And I mean, you know, you have struggled with this too. You have said, well, what, you know, I've sold, I, I won an Ironman. 
I mean, you did a lot of stuff before them too. Um, but you know, then you revolutionized the world of women's athletic apparel, you know, with skirt sports. And then you were like done with that chapter. And you were, I remember, I don't know if you texted it to me, but you were like, uh, so does the next chapter of my life have to be epic for me to be happy? Or can it just be like normal? And um, can I tell I you what you said? What did I say? I wrote it down. It was such a great quote. You said, you don't have to be doing something epic to be epic. You said, That's Nicole, you're that. epic. Well, and I, I was, and it gave me strength, <laughs> made me feel good. And I you think are. you're right. You know, part of this concept of the pursuit is that we set these lofty ambitions and we, when we don't achieve them or when we do achieve them, we're let down mm -hmm. on both sides. I right. can't guarantee that everyone listening who has achieved a big goal has crossed a marathon finish line or their first 5K finish line. They yes. feel some kind of incredible high, like it's truly like a drug. But then there is the slide down the other side. There is the yes. bell curve where you then say, well, what's next? And then you might feel despondent for a while because you just, you, it's, it's even hard to describe why. Exactly. You know, it's when I was at, um, run Disney. So the marathon was, you know, in January was this very big thing and we planned for it all year. Um, and we, you know, we had the other events, we had princess half and Disneyland half, you know, they were big events, but like marathon was like the mother. It was by the time I left, we had extended it to, to four days of races and, you know, another like four to five days of an expo. There were VIP events all around it, right? So we would plan all year for this. And then it gets closer and it gets closer and you're getting excited and everyone's talking. We're also very like, you know, running around and making sure that everything's being done. And, and, and you would hit the weekend and it was, I mean, it was full on adrenaline. You know, you're up at one o'clock every morning and making sure everything's where it's supposed to be and everyone's running the races and you're cheering at the finish line and it's amazing and you're crying because it's emotional and, um, and then it's over. And I would literally plan for like post-race depression. And I'll be like, Oh, I don't know what to do today. And oh, I'm so tired and I'm, you know, and so similar to being an athlete that's running it, it's, it's interesting as we're talking about this, how, how much, you know, there's, so, there is an ebb and a flow, right? And, and that happiness, I don't think is, it's not, it's not something you ever, you literally can't achieve it and stay there forever. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. You know, I'm really tired of telling my daughter when these wonderful, famous rock stars and artists and actors pass away that they died from like, how, how'd they die? A uh, drug <laughs> overdose, like almost everyone. Like we, right. we told her about Elvis recently. We were like, well, unhealthy <laughs> lifestyle, <laughs> you name it. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just, it's, you can think that getting to that point is going to bring you 
right. that, you know, that ultimate happiness, but it's not sustainable unless you yes. find it within, unless yeah. you find it within on an everyday basis. And it may, it may be phrased like that boring word content or contentment, right? but that might be the ultimate place to try to get. And if that's the ultimate place, then Sarah, you are rocking right now. And I am too, because I'm feeling it. You know, I, I, um, I discovered this Danish word. It's spelled H Y G G E. You've probably Uh seen it before. It's pronounced Huga and Uh it's, it's kind of their word for happiness, but it's not, it's physical and emotional. It's creating that sort of like cozy feeling inside and outside your body all. Wow. Isn't that cool? That cozy feeling. It's like that warm, happy blanket. The warm hug. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's what I want. I want to walk around with a warm hug all the time. (laughs) You know, so I kind of have to in Colorado. You have to (laughs) park up. (laughs) Well, I do think, um, You know, you and I have both discovered various things in our life that have helped us just kind of they're actionable things you can do when you feel like you're in danger of sinking into a hole of despair that can help bring you happiness or gain happiness or keep the keep the balance going. Yes. Roll into these things. Um, I'm going to let you kick up. I'm kicking it. Us off. Is this? Um, now I'm gonna let you kick us off. I like. Yeah, you're kicking it. it. I'll kick it. Okay, cool. Well, the absolute number one thing, and this is funny because every time Tim hears about like somebody having being depressed or having an issue, and the first thing their doctors do, and I agree, there's stigma around this, but the first thing the doctors do before they recommend this one very simple thing is they they say, "Let's get you on antidepressants." Well, in addition to that, or even before that, get out and exercise. There's two two parts to that. Get outside. That is proven to help raise spirits and exercise. Move your body. Those things will help you. What do you think? I think that is 100% correct. And I don't think it has to be, it doesn't have to be vigorous, crazy exercise. You know, you don't have to run a 10 K or it's just being outside. Um, and I have, um, I learned from my, uh, mentor and friend, Jeff Calloway, he would tell me that even just walking for 15 minutes, um, gets the juju going in your brain and blood flow. And it allows you to be more creative. You feel better. So I often, as I was starting out of my business would, um, I would, I would be like so overwhelmed. And then I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to follow Jeff's advice. And I went outside and I walked for 15 minutes and um, I could come back and I could, you know, be present, be what I wanted to be. So I think that's huge exercise going outside. Um, Gratitude, I think is also key. And it hits on what you shared as well is giving back. What was the, of the four keys of of mm-hmm. longevity. One was yeah. giving back or yep. contributing. contributing. Yeah. So I, before I, um, went into uh, sport management, I actually was in, um, I was in social work and I worked for the university of Kansas, um, 
doing research on a program. And we worked with people who had um, severe mental illness, schizophrenia, bipolar, like severe mental illness that had been going on for often a lot of times or derailed them. So they were part of the system. You know, they were, they didn't necessarily work. They hadn't been educated or some had been educated, um, but were no longer, um, you know, working at the time. And so we taught them um, how to be uh, mentors to, uh, to their peers. So if someone had just been diagnosed with a mental illness, had entered the system, we trained them to, um, to be a peer guidance for these new people, right? To help them navigate the system and things like that. And then we also help them go back to school and get their college education because mental illness often sets in at college age. So it disrupts kind of your life pattern. Um, and so my job, I was the research assistant and managed all the research, is we um, we would administer um, we would administer uh, surveys for hope and self-esteem. Um, so before they entered the program, they would take the hope and self-esteem, and then they would take it again afterwards, and then they would do that again. So longitudinally, we tracked them for two years. So the fascinating thing was, is that, you know, and really these people were kind of sitting at home, they were getting money from the government to live, and they were really unhappy. But as we taught them to give back and to have hope, these people began to recover from their mental illness and become like contributing mental, uh, contributing to society simply because they were giving back in some way. So you know, I think the idea of gratitude and feeling like if you're struggling with where you are, you know, giving back to your community in some way, helping other people, being grateful and just even sitting there for a minute to acknowledge what like what what are the good things that you have um, can really, I think, um, add to your overall contentment and your your happiness. So that's a long, you know, story for that, that, that one, but I love it. I love it. And you know, on the, on the maybe actionable side, a lot of people keep gratitude journals. I've never kept a gratitude journal, but I sometimes will write down the things that, you know, I am grateful for. And I do think that is a practice that once you start it can really help you. So let me know how yeah. that turns out. Maybe I should start it. <laughs> I've um, never been good with those either. I try. You know, I I will think in my own head um, just when I struggle uh, or I'm just not feeling, um, I don't know, happy. Um, I will often say, okay, I'm thankful for, you know, even just our body and the absence of, of sickness um, because you really – you know, I have friends who are very ill, you know, um, and even at a young, at young ages, right? So just that idea of having a healthy body is something I think to be um, grateful and, um, you know, kind of just recentering where you are. So if you don't want to do a gratitude journal, just in your own brain, you know, what are the three things that you're feeling grateful for um, today? And how can you give back to others? Yeah. 
Yes. I like that. You know, I want to share one more and people can Google this. There's lists of things that, you know, you can look at these lists of 50 things that can help you gain happiness or get you out of the dumps, right? There's one trick that I have employed for years. I've employed it during workouts, during races, and then during my everyday life. And it makes more difference than just about anything you can do and everyone can do it. And that is smiling. You find me running. Hold on. I want to know how many people just smiled. Oh my God. Everyone smile. Smile. I did. I did. did. And I felt happier. It's it works. You're right. Um, smiling. There's just some awesome research on smiling, but you can fake smile and it will have the same effect in your body. It will release the (laughs) that are going to make you happier. And the other really cool thing is just what happened with you just saying the word or seeing someone do it. It's contagious. So if you're sitting there or standing there talking to someone and you are smiling the biggest smile, it is ridiculously hard for that person to not smile back at some point and be like with frown face. And you're like talking in a, because what happens too is that your voice even changes. Like your energy. It does. And even when you're faking a smile, it eventually turns real. It really does. If you stick with it, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you will see me floating down mountain trails, smiling away. And people I've often looked up and been like, God, that person's really smiling at me. And then I realized I've been smiling. smiling and you don't see a lot of people out there just in their natural state with that, with that great upturned, you know, those upturned lips and, and that little sparkle that ends up coming with it. So I'm going to say, smile your way to happiness. Yes. And if that doesn't work, coffee, um, can help and, and, um, nachos or tacos, (laughs) coffee, nachos and tacos. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap my point today by saying that I have thought a lot about happiness too, especially Mm -hmm. at this time in my life and this life change. And one of the things that I have realized is that for me, happiness is about the little things. I enjoy my coffee in the morning and the afternoon. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the little routines that I have with my daughter You know, Mm -hmm. I enjoy getting outside and moving my body. It's the little things for me that make a big difference. I don't need the big thing. I'm not going to go buy the expensive $5,000 toy, but I will spend three or $4 a day on my coffee and it adds up to the same amount. (laughs) But that is, it's the little things that make me happy. And so when people show me those little things that, that makes me even happier. It expands and as we know, it's contagious. So bring it on. Yes. Yes. You know what I love about coffee in the morning is possibility. There's something about every morning getting up and knowing the, about the possibility of that day, right? Like rarely do does the day kind of, um, you know, meet, of course, my to-do list or whatever, but it's that like, it's like one point in the morning, especially if you get up before everyone else is awake and it's just kind of you and you have that coffee and you're like, 
it is, it feels like a warm hug inside and out. And it's like, what could happen today, you know? And, and that you get to have that and create that. I just, I love that um, as well about the mornings, you know? Um, so I, can I, can I jump in yeah. and say that I actually think our next episode should be about coffee. What do you think? <laughs> can we do I it? Would, I would be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I do love coffee. Okay. Coffee it is. Coffee is possibility. Could it be like coffee and bacon? Because that's another one of my top. <laughs> that can be yours. And then for the vegan crowd, the boring so vegan. vegans out there, I will come up with R version of bacon, oh, which might be oh, avocados. Oh, maybe avocados. I, I get yeah, avocados. avocados good. You can have bacon. I'll take avocados. That just feels like, I don't, I don't know. I, it feels wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Uh, we could have a debate about that sometime. So what I, so, you know, we like to close these out with, um, my takeaways. Um, and so I would like during this takeaway, I honestly, my mind is a little bit blown by what, what you have shared with um, Nicole on the, the longevity piece of, of people being happy. And I, I have to write all four of these points down. You're going to, we're going to close out. So it's not actually the last it's not our three takeaways. It's our four takeaways because I honestly think what you said, it ex- to me, it's the recipe for happiness. You said it's someone to love, right? Mm-hmm. Someone to love, something to do, mm-hmm. uh, something to look forward to. Yes. And then what was the other one? some way to give back or contribute to the greater good. So I challenge all of our listeners to think about those four points, someone to love, something to do, something to look forward to, and some way to give back. How does that apply to you? And how does that fit in with your happiness? Um, And and I love it because they can change over time. There's a not, it's not, a, it's not winning the Ironman. It's not, you know, making $10 million. Those are not achieving those goals. Don't bring happiness, but all of those points as you work towards them can really be the keys to happiness. So I challenge you to take a look at how that fits into your life. Share your thoughts in the comments. We'd love to hear have to say. And And if you decide to break up the band, just know that someday you can come back together (laughs) and it'll all be good. You're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Go Jonas Brothers. All right. Another episode in the books. Thanks for listening to episode four. And if you liked this, even if you didn't, you can subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe to our channel. Share. Give us a review if you like this. Um, but only well. if you like it for the review. Only if you like it. <laughs> we are very sensitive. So if you say anything, <laughs> I will probably cry. Nicole, maybe that would definitely not help us find happiness. <laughs> um, 
Yes. And we will see you next week for a really stimulating chat about coffee, maybe <laughs> bacon and avocados. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later. Uber and out. Audio jungle.